This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can't think of too many better starts to a new year than that one. Welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth. The gang is all back after, what, two weeks, something like that? But we are all here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Michael Felder will give us his preview of the college football national championship game between Michigan and Washington but first let's discuss how we got here and we'll begin with the Rose Bowl going to overtime Michigan covering all the numbers winning at 27 to 20 the game goes over the total of 45 because of that extra frame Bama was up seven with just three minutes to go but Michigan with the wherewithal and the physicality that they showed all game long they were able to knock off the big bad Crimson Tide, and it's the Wolverines advancing, Joe. Yeah, um, I think we've got to give some love to the committee, right? I, people don't want to. It's not a popular thing. But after sitting through all the garbage football that we did, we got to yesterday and we had two awesome games. Like, it was hard to stay up for some of us, but um, it, that game <laughs> made you stay up the late game. And then Alabama-Michigan, that did not disappoint. That was like the headliner that everybody was looking forward to for so long and then it goes to overtime like the line was was dead on and just uh an awesome game I mean what a great Rose Bowl it ends up being and the last year of a 14 playoff they got what they wanted they didn't want all these blowouts and in both games it it was terrific I mean as far as the Michigan side that touchdown in overtime really a microcosm of what was going on all season with that team like Blake Corum like dragging them along no matter how J.J. McCarthy was doing when he would have poor games against tougher competition, like he, w- he would make sure that he was going to gr- grab the team uh, to victory, and that's exactly what he did. And, you know, I had my questions about McCarthy in a big spot in a tougher matchup. And, you know, in the end, he did fantastic leading the team on a drive. Could they play from behind? They did. They end up tying the game with 134 left, and we know what happened in overtime. Um but it's funny how, you know, a little, little change here, a little change there changes the narrative. Like, what if that is an interception seconds into the game? How does that change things uh, on the Bama side if the heel is not uh, touching out of bounds? Uh, but good job on Michigan. I'm looking forward to them uh, playing the championship game. The narrative is no longer that Harbaugh can't win a big game. It's not three straight semifinal losses. And we're probably going to spend – 
way too much time over the next week talking about special teams because that almost did the Wolverines alone yesterday, Aaron. Yeah, the special teams were definitely an issue with the missed field goal. Um, they couldn't take advantage of that Milrow fumble. So there was a lot going on there. And I also thought to start that game, maybe both teams were a little nervous, maybe too much time in between, right. you know, that maybe they came out just that was part of it. Some mental miscues. Not really sure, but totally understandable. If you are nervous, in that game, I probably would be too. <laughs> but I'm with you phenomenal game like I was like wow I don't know how I'm gonna stay up for this but I also am gonna have FOMO if I go to bed all four teams I thought pretty evenly matched like we just got some really good football um at the end I'm like okay can JJ McCarthy and this Michigan offense do something here and sure enough they did as someone who had Alabama money line and Huskies Alabama exact a uh, matchup, little bummed, but mm. such a good game. You can't even really be mad at it. Well, and Aaron, when we're talking about Alabama, what what's the big thing that we're always talking about with them? That they recruit really well, that they're really physical, and they just dominate every which way. It's all the little things, Joe, that you're talking about that Alabama always does game after game, season after season. That's why it made sense to back them just because they have the history, they've shown the history that they can win games like these, these high leverage situations when Michigan hasn't shown us this, at least at the playoff level. They've, they've shown it to us in the Big Ten, and I think it's some non-conference games they have, but we're like, Michigan's not battle-tested. Once they get outside of the conference and they play you know, legit SEC competition, they just can't show up. Well, they did, and it was close. It was a nail-biter, but somehow Michigan was able to pull through. And as far as those little things, like it's really weird to see Alabama dominated physically. Like we just don't see that. That's just not right. something that happens. That was insane to me. Also, too, the fact that Bama center Seth McLaughlin – just could not snap the football in shotgun situations. That was incredible to me. Problem. I mean, those little things that Alabama always does correctly every single time just wasn't there. And then we saw that on that fourth and goal play where Jalen Milrow basically had to abort the play. Uh, I think it was some sort of an RPO there where maybe you're throwing a swing pass to the running back out in the open, or maybe you're running it to the outside if you're Milrow. But because the snap was low, it, maybe it was a panic decision or he just had mm -hmm. to abort it and then just take off and then hope for the best. Whatever happened, like that was a microcosm for that Alabama performance where it was those little things that, yeah, the kicking game was there for them. But all those little things mm -hmm. in terms of offensive execution, it wasn't there for them. It was there for Michigan. And it was just strange to see in a game like that at the Rose Bowl. But Michigan pulled it off. And here we are, Joe. Yeah, another little thing that, you know, was certainly a talking point going in with Blake Corum's success is what he did without his right guard's ex-inter. I mean, the dude yeah. is phenomenal, a leader on that team, and they were still able to, uh, to dominate in the run. Speaking of dominating in the run, I mean, Tommy Reese is going to get, you know, crushed down in Alabama. Is it justified? I don't know. What you could make the argument is he took too long to adjust. He did adjust in the second half with the run game, but it probably took a little bit too long. And then that, that play call with Milrow, basically life on the line, and this is the decision. Some did not have an issue with it. Some put it more on Milrow, you know, and like you mentioned, the exchange was a problem all game long. Like Milrow's got to, got to find a way to get to the edge in that, in that position. But, um, yeah, uh, it's – 
It did not disappoint. I mean, e- even if you're on the Bama side, you're on the losing side as a short dog, you can't say the bet was wrong. We went to overtime, and the, now oh, we're in a coin flip yeah. situation, you know? So right. the over ends up hitting because we – I mean, how sharp are those numbers? You go to overtime, so it's like one and a half most of the time over the last month, uh, and, and then – it's 45 and a half, and then it hits only because you have the extra session. That's the only reason uh, that the over hits. So, and the over ends up hitting in, in both games, but super sharp numbers. That's what happens over a month when everybody's betting into these two specific games. Man, uh, those numbers were tight, but uh, we already have a number on the championship game. And I, I can't wait to talk about that one over the next week. I know. I'm excited for that one, too. Watching that game, I thought Alabama had it. And then once we're going to overtime, I'm like, oh, no, this just feels like Michigan <laughs> yeah. is going to win it. I well, didn't know how, but I was like, give them time. It just feels like it's going to go their way. I mean, I, I had Bama. I, I got them um, yesterday. I waited. And that was actually the best number on Bama. It was plus two and a half. And it was interesting. The market was going in on Michigan. Like it seemed like sharper money was coming in on Michigan yesterday. They ended up victorious. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went two and one on the day. That was my one loss. It was. But think about the these uh, slimmest of margins. It was almost three and zero oh because if Harbaugh decides to go for two, I'm covering yes. that point spread. You know, I'm either Michigan converts yeah. and they they take the lead, and I'm covering there, or they don't. And they lose by one, and I'm covering there. There you go. Before we get to uh, the championship game and our first look at that, let's get into the Sugar Bowl real quickly. And for those who did go to sleep early, first of all, you missed an insane ending there where Washington basically had the game wrapped up, up six. Uh, Texas, you know, attempted an onside kick, didn't recover that. Uh, But because of an injury to Dylan Johnson, it stopped the clock with 50 seconds left. And so Washington had to punt the ball away, and then they run into the Texas punt returner. So they start with good field position. And then Quinn Ewers uh, with a fantastic throw to Jordan Whittington for 41 yards. They eventually get into the red zone with 15 seconds left, and they have enough time for four shots at the end zone for Texas to potentially win the game. But they don't. Washington clamps down and wins it. But we could have seen the most epic collapse or the most epic comeback, whichever way you wanted to look at it, in a college football semifinal, Joe. Big Ten pride, championship game, <laughs> an all-Big Ten title game we have set up. There it um, is. There yeah, it is. No, you, you're right about the collapse, though. I mean, mm-hmm. DeBoer, holy smokes. He made every wrong decision, and his players were certainly uh, part of that, at fault with what was going on in the last minute, but that's not what a lot of people are going to remember because they end up winning that game. They've got, I guess, this little magic on their side. Another one-possession win for Washington, even though they tried really hard to give that game away, um, deciding to run the ball. There's, We end up with the injury. We'll find out if he's going to be able to play Dylan Johnson in the title game. I would assume not the way that it, he was thriving in pain on the field last night. Um, you had the penalty on the punt return. The clock stops like that's bad luck with the injury, but you could have, you know, done something else Um, like, yeah, there was it was a mess. It was a mess for Washington. They gave Texas four shots from the 13. They had four shots. The Longhorns couldn't ask for anything more, Um, but it was all about Michael Penix and the 430. Dude's awesome. 
And that's why we talk about uh, all the great receivers that the Huskies have as well. Uh, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to be, I think, a pretty good championship game. And maybe this – it feels like Washington's been power rated poorly all along. And I wonder if we're still here going into the championship game. It was way off on Oregon. It was off yesterday. And, and now they're getting more than a field goal. I'm very curious where this number ends up driving. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm with you. And we're going to have Michael Felder on later in the show, but he's been talking about how the Huskies are a very well-built team all season long. And I think they're getting disrespected again. Now I am from Seattle and the East coast bias does make me want to vomit. So let us shine. You know, the PAC 12 is going away. This is our time. West coast bias. What's up. I do think the Huskies have been disrespected and you know, I'm intrigued to see, I'm interested to see rather how this spread could move like are we going to see huskies money come in or will they continue to be disrespected uh but i will say allowing yours and those receivers to come alive when they were down 34 21 that does yeah. make me nervous like you cannot have that happen against michigan because that was unacceptable well they tried to give that game away uh but in the end i mean Penix, you mentioned it the 430 31 on the ground couple of TDs. Those receivers just so good. Um, so it'll be really cool to see what's going to happen against this awesome Michigan defense and this powerful Huskies offense. Well, when we look at the overnight, it opened up as Michigan minus four and it then moved to minus four and a half. And so already mm-hmm. the respect seems to be on the Wolverines for this title game, which I think makes mm-hmm. a whole lot of sense. If you're looking at, say, the physicality dimension of football, Michigan certainly has it. And I don't know if Washington has proven it just yet. But in terms of what I'm looking for and the biggest concerns I have for this game in terms of my first look at it, it's going to be about pass protection. Like, okay, J.G. McCarthy had a great game. He was able to show his medal in the Rose Bowl. Can he do it again? He will need to do it again. At least I think we can mm-hmm. all admit that this isn't going to be last year's Georgia TCU game. This is going to be exciting in some way, I have to believe. But can J.J. McCarthy get that necessary pass protection? It's one of the reasons why they've been running the ball so much all season long. But can they get that against Washington? If they can't, then I think Michael Penix has a chance here, Joe. Uh, yeah, it, it, the total set at 55 and a half. Very interesting a number that we get there because it's kind of like splitting the difference between what we had in the big the games yesterday. Uh, it was mid 40s for Alabama, Michigan. It ended up being low 60s. It came down a little bit, um, but the over never really seemed to be in doubt as far as Texas, Washington. So you're kind of playing it in the middle because you have teams with opposite styles. And so now you're going to also mm-hmm. have a softer matchup for McCarthy. And is he going to be able to succeed there? Is it going to be like what we saw yesterday where he ended up having three touchdown passes, continue not to turn the ball over just like all season? There, there might be an element of him keeping up with Penix, right? I know it's a very mm-hmm. difficult matchup for Penix, but there is going to be that element. So 
Um, it's it's a terrific matchup. Like you could make all sorts of sorts of arguments, and it, man, it would the 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 ways this thing can go, like a high scoring affair, wouldn't shock me all that much. I agree. No. Penix didn't seem bothered by the pass rush. I think this should be closer to a field goal, but maybe I'm just biased with the Huskies. <laughs> West Coast, let's go. This is Becky All Daily presented go. by BetMGM. Coming up next, it's Futures Day. How'd you get to say West Coast before me, Aaron? Our best bets for which NFL <laughs> team will win the Super Bowl and their conference right here on the Becky All Network.